This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. Every child deserves a team. That's the belief behind Jigsaw Learning, a proud sponsor of the B Podcast Network. And it's why the company, founded by educators Curtis and Lorna Hewson, focuses on ensuring success for all learners through collaborative response, an approach in which every child is supported by a team. Through customized professional learning that incorporates workshops, leadership development, online learning opportunities, and more, Jigsaw Learning can guide you every step of the way to create a plan to maximize the collective capacity in your schools. Learn more at jigsawlearning.ca. Teal Talk Radio, Season 5, Episode 41. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 41 of TL Talk Radio, a regular podcast with Lynn Funihetten and Randy Ziegenfuss, where our goal is to engage you in learning, motivate you to share your work, and inspire you to lead for the change we need in schools for the digital age. I'm Randy Ziegenfuss. And I'm Lynn Funihetten. And today we're talking with Tom Talk, author of a recent white paper from Future Ed titled Core Lessons, Measuring the Social and Emotional Dimensions of Student Success. A little bit about Tom to get us started here. Tom is a director at Future Ed, an independent solution-oriented think tank at Georgetown University's McCourt School of Public Policy. He's a former senior partner at the Carnegie Foundation for the Advancement of Teaching and director of the foundation's Washington office. Tom is a founder and former co-director of the think tank education sector, a former guest scholar at the Brookings Institution, and he's taught at the Harvard Graduate School of Education. He helped launch Education Week as a writer and co-managing editor. He spent a decade as an education correspondent and editor at the U.S. News and World Report and has contributed to numerous other publications, including The Atlantic, The New York Times, and The Washington Post. He's the author of two books on American education, In the Name of Excellence, and High Schools on a Human Scale. So we're glad to have uh, Tom joining us today, and we'll share a little bit about Future Ed before we launch into the conversation. Uh, Future Ed is committed to bringing energy to the causes of excellence, equity, and efficiency in K-12 and higher education on behalf of the nation's disadvantaged students. As a nonpartisan, public-facing organization, Future Ed works to produce clear, compelling analysis on key education issues for policymakers, practitioners, the media, and other key education change agents and influencers at the federal, the state, and the local level, uh, promoting smart policymaking in a complex and fast-changing educational landscape. So welcome to the show, Tom. Well, thank you very much uh, to both of you. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on your show. All right. Exciting conversation ahead, I know. But before we actually get into uh, the white paper, tell us a personal story about how 
you got connected to this work at Future Ed, specifically this idea of measuring social and emotional learning. All right. Well, I've been writing about education for a long time, and uh, I'll never forget uh, an experience I had in the suburban uh, San Diego school district some years ago uh, where I uh, was doing a, a visit. And the, the principal, uh, assistant principal, at one point uh, called in a student into his office and berated the, the, the student for, for being late to school. And, and this was in the middle of the conversation. I was having with the assistant principal. Aww. And uh, b before the student came in, he, he asked his assistant to pull out what was uh, a uh, three by five card. This is well before the digital age. And uh, <laughs> uh, looked at this kid's uh, background for about 10 seconds on this card. And then, as I said, proceeded to berate this child for being late to school a couple of times that week. He never asked the child why he was late. Uh, or uh, in any way uh, tried to connect with a child. And uh, it, it left a lasting impression on me. Uh, that is that the relationships between adults and students in schools uh, is a really important um, contributor to, to student uh, engagement, to student motivation, and ultimately to student success. Uh, I went on to, to write a, a book entitled High Schools on a Human Scale uh, that, that made the argument that we had to have more personalized uh, learning environments if we were ever going to hope uh, to make reading, writing, and uh, math and, and other subjects meaningful to students. So fast forward uh, to uh, the uh, uh, ESSA era, the Every Student uh, Succeeds Act era, and uh, its suggestion that we, in fact, uh, that states go beyond uh, uh, testing and, and other traditional measures of student success uh, to uh, understand um, the sort of non-academic side of schools as, as we begin to, to try to rethink how we measure school performance. Uh, and so this, this school district, uh, a collection of school districts in California called big urban districts that collectively educate about a million students, uh, had for several years been doing surveys of, of students and parents and, and teachers alike, to begin to understand what the, the school culture and climate was like, and to what extent were, uh, were students uh, sort of versed in, in the sort of social emotional skills that, that you need to be successful. So my, my interest in this project stemmed uh, from experiences I had decades ago uh, that suggested to me uh, that, the, that the human side of schooling is, in, in fact, very important. Mm -hmm. And it seems like we keep coming back to relationships, and that was one of the first things that you shared in, in your response, this importance of relationships and getting to know our learners, and that seems to be a theme through much of the work that Randy and I are, are doing in our district. Right. The... the uh, the, the core school districts, um, which is a, essentially a, a research consortium of, of uh, half a dozen of the biggest districts in California, which is, I said, educate main kids, which is, is a lot, right? Uh, they, they came to the conclusion uh, that uh, relationships, students' a sense of themselves as learners and as members of learning communities, i.e. schools, uh, were an important um, contributor uh, to uh, things further downstream, like uh, 
uh, attendance, mm -hmm. uh, discipline, and ultimately achievement. So the core district set out uh, with the support of some experts uh, to gauge uh, how well schools were doing on the climate and culture front. Uh, how strong were the relationships between adults and students in, uh, in their schools? Uh, and uh, to what extent were students uh, sort of fortified, sufficiently fortified to, to work through ch the inevitable challenges in, in, uh, in schooling, especially kids from disadvantaged backgrounds uh, who don't have as much education in their family experience, uh, who may not speak English, and who, uh, for one reason or another, may not be, might, may not feel as, as fully engaged in the life of their school as, as some other kids. So the the core so-called core districts uh, came to the conclusion that they needed to measure uh, how well schools were doing on this front if they were going to improve uh, school climate and school culture and and kids' social emotional uh, perspectives. And so they created these surveys that I mentioned of, of students, teachers, and parents, uh, and are administering them widely and have done so for for several years. Uh, and we decided to go look at what those uh, districts were doing. We, we focused on one school district, Fresno Unified District, which is in the Central Valley and, and educates uh, about 74,000 kids, 88% of whom are, are low income and many of them are, are uh, not native English speakers, um, to see what impact measuring these uh, uh, indicators of, of uh, school climate and culture and social emotional well-being uh, had uh, on uh, educators and how they were using this information to respond to what was a an important uh, sort of new source of, of insight into school performance. Talk to us a little bit about what what are some of the measures um, that these school districts use to measure social and emotional dimensions of, of student success. Yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, the core districts have sort of two categories of, of measures. One is, is sort of social emotional measures on one hand, and the other is sort of school climate and culture. So on the social emotional side, uh, they were looking to gauge things like growth mindset, which is a term that's become increasingly well known in education circles, which is essentially the belief that uh, one's abilities can grow with effort. Uh, they were looking at students' self-reported uh, sense of, of uh, self-management, the ability to regulate one's emotions and, and, and behaviors, uh, social awareness, uh, understanding of, sort of the social and ethical norms in the school. Um, and then uh, on the other side of the equation, the, the culture and climate measures included uh, whether kids had a sense of belonging, sense of connectedness to the school. And, and surely uh, the student that, that I uh, witnessed in, in San Antonio uh, years ago uh, didn't have very much of a sense of belonging. Uh, and certainly the, the, the administrator who was talking to him didn't do anything to engender a sense of belonging, a sense that the kid uh, felt valued in, in, the, uh, in the school community that, that he was in. Uh, and, and these things are important because research has shown increasingly amounts of research have shown that kids care when they feel cared about, right? Uh, and, uh, sense of safety is, is very important. 
um, and a knowledge of of uh, the and and a sense of fairness of the rules and the norms in schools are, are other things that, that the core districts uh, were looking at, as well as a sort of client, a supportive academic climate. So, do teachers uh, encourage students? Do they give constructive feedback uh, and the like? Um, so those are those are some of the categories. Uh, some of the questions are, are actually uh, really uh, quite interesting. So on the sense of belonging, uh, you know, it, it can be as simple for the students. It can be as simple as uh, yes or no, or do you agree or disagree that uh, I am happy to be at this school. Uh, for the parents who are also uh, uh, surveyed in, 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 on this side of the equation. The questions can be as simple as school staff welcomes my suggestions or uh, my child's background is, is valued in this school. Um, so these are not complex questions, but research has shown that, that, that they do, uh, do point to uh, better or worse climate and culture uh, and to a greater or lesser uh, sort of capacity in the, on the part of kids to, to navigate socially and emotionally in a school. So I'm curious of your opinion on something. It seems like in education, we go through cycles where certain issues and areas bubble to the top, and then there's this ebb and flow where they sort of go to the back row and the new thing comes in. And obviously this idea of social-emotional learning is is at the in the front row, at the, at the peak here. What's causing that, do you think? Is there something that's happening in society? What's... It's, it's always been important, but now it seems like it's under the magnifying glass in education. And why is that? So on, on the one hand, uh, we have much more research and, and much more sort of public facing research, if you will, uh, about the importance of, of these contributors to student success. Uh, Carol Dweck, who uh, wrote the book Mindset, has been working for almost four decades on this, but she's a psychologist and in her work never really broke out of the, the, uh, the field of psychology uh, until she wrote a, a very sort of engaging, story-filled, uh, uh, simple to read, you know, non-technical book called Mindset uh, about eight, nine years ago, which found its way into the education community. Uh, and suddenly, um, uh, her work was was reaching a very important audience that hadn't had access to, to it before. Mm -hmm. So more, more research, uh, compelling research, research that's been made more available to, to uh, ed the education community on the one hand. And then secondly, as you know, we've spent the past couple of decades at least uh, focused on the sort of academic side of, of uh, school success, if you will, for us. standards teacher quality, uh, improving curriculum, uh, and, and the like. And I think that there has been a, a sort of sense in, uh, of, over the last several years that, that, that that's not enough. It's, it's necessary, but perhaps not sufficient um, to, to drive the kind of change, especially on behalf of disadvantaged students, uh, traditionally underserved populations, um, that, we're, that we're now very much focused on uh, in this country. So th those are a couple of the big factors, but there's there is clearly a shift, and and I would argue that it's a it's an encouraging sort of rebalancing of, of of the 
the priorities in the school reform conversation. Mm -hmm. The connection back to the social emotional learning. So before we invite you to share what's next, Tom, this season we added uh, lightning round questions. And the purpose of this, these couple of questions is to get more resources for our listeners and for ourselves to learn more about these topics. So I will add Carol Dweck's Mindset uh, book, and maybe you'll give us some more resources to consider uh, utilizing. Are you ready? Sure. <laughs> okay. Who is one expert our listeners should connect with to learn more about social emotional learning? Well, I, I think the social psychologist, uh, Greg Walton, uh, who is at Stanford where Carol Dweck is and who studied under Carol Dweck, has been doing some really interesting work on on so-called growth mindsets uh, and this notion of belongingness uh, with a focus on on the importance of, of relate positive relationships between students and and uh, adults in, in schools and uh, he's looked uh, carefully at how adults can improve those relationships uh, and as, as a way of of uh, uh, making students feel increasingly connected uh, to the schools that they work in. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll definitely add him to the list. And is there another book you might recommend to our listeners? Claude Steele uh, wrote a book entitled uh, Whistling Vivaldi uh, some years ago uh, about so-called stereotype threat, which is a a fear that if a a person performs uh, poorly, it might validate a stereotype about that person's group. Uh, think African-American men or, or, or perhaps uh, uh, girls in, in science. Um, and the, the title of the book um, uh, comes from a, an experience uh, that, that he created as part of his research. And he too was at, at Stanford. He was the Dean of the Ed School for a while before becoming the provost at Berkeley. And I think he's now back at Stanford. Uh, but he had an African-American uh, male walk down the street uh, several times in different environments and, and uh, witnessed that the that, uh, white people tended in, in too many instances to walk to the other side of the street to avoid huh. being in proximity to an African-American male. Uh, but when he had that um, same person uh, whistling Vivaldi, uh, which sent very different cultural signals, uh, the reaction was quite different. Um, so, uh, you know, very compelling uh, research, uh, beautifully told. Hmm. Yeah, fascinating. We'll link that into the show notes. And finally, one online site or resource or other person from whom you regularly learn. Well, this... <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it, it's an interesting question. Uh, I read a lot. I, I write about education, but but I think to, to really understand the context of education or any other issue, you, you have to read broadly. Uh, I read the New York Times every day mm-hmm. and, I, and I read all of it. Um, and so uh, that may not be the most insightful uh, sort of answer, but but it's it's accurate. <laughs> interesting perspective. Yes. Reading adjacent areas is always, I think, helpful. Yeah. Realizes that there's a bigger world context out there that uh, can impact what we do. Mm-hmm. Here That's in right. Schools. So great conversation, Tom. But before we end, uh, what's next for you and future ed? What are you working on that you'd like to share with us uh, and our audience? 
Well, one project uh, that we're kind of excited about is, is what we're calling a playbook on uh, ways that schools and school districts can tackle the very difficult challenge of chronic student absenteeism. Uh, so we, we've come up with about 20 uh, very pragmatic things that districts and schools can do from uh, putting washers and dryers in schools to help uh, homeless kids uh, have clean clothes uh, so that they're not, not ashamed of, of being in school uh, on a daily basis. Um, the walking school buses are a growing sort of phenomenon where, where adults in the community uh, walk from uh, house to house and, and uh, literally pick up kids uh, as part of a almost a Pied Piper-like uh, walk to school uh, every day. Uh, and that has been very effective in Baltimore and other places where it's been uh, implemented. And uh, using uh, text messages to communicate with uh, parents when a child is not in class uh, has proven effective too. So there are lots of very sort of concrete things that are that uh, if, you, if you aggregate them, uh, they can be pretty effective. And then we're also looking, uh, among other things, at, at the next generation of standardized testing. Uh, there's obviously been a substantial backlash against standardized testing in recent years, but we do think that, that uh, understanding who's doing a good job in the classroom and who's not uh, and why continues to be an important lever of school improvement and, and individual student success. And so we're, we're looking carefully at, at sort of the frontiers of testing to see um, what new innovations might uh, address some of the concerns uh, that have been expressed about standardized testing in recent years and, and uh, in particular tie testing more closely to uh, teachers' efforts to, to help their students grow in the individual classroom. Mm -hmm. So definitely some interesting topics and interesting topics, I'm sure, for our audience as well. And it would be great if we could loop back when you uh, start to publish some of that some of that work and, and learn sure. a little bit more about it. Happy to share it with you. Sounds great. Thank you so much for joining us, Tom. Uh, for our listeners, if you want to learn more about Tom's work, you can check out the show notes. We linked the full report as well as um, the core lessons measuring the social and emotional dimensions of student success. You can even check out some other articles, surveys helping to approve, improve student and school performance, and um, some of the other resources that Tom mentioned for us. Each episode, we leave you with a question to think about with the idea of provoking reflection and conversation. This episode's question how might you go about measuring social-emotional dimensions of success in your learning environment? If you've enjoyed this episode, would like to comment or check out the resources shared today, visit the show notes at tltalkradio.org and look for Season 5, Episode 41. That's all for now. We'll be back soon with another conversation featuring another innovative thought leader. Thanks again, Tom. Thanks, Tom. My pleasure to both of you. to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.